CorporalNetwork.com. This episode of The Tome Show is brought to you by Noble Knight Games, where Out of Print is available again. And listeners like you, thanks for using The Tome's Amazon and D&D Classics affiliate links. Welcome to the Tome Book Club for January 2014. The Tome is a D&D news, reviews, and interview show, and I'm your Tome host, Tracy Hurley. And I'm your co-host, Jeff Griner. In each book club, we discuss one D&D-related book, spoilers be damned, in full book club style. And our book for this January is the third book in our year-long Sundering series, The Adversary, by Aaron M. Evans. Woo! Yay! And joining us for this episode's discussion are a couple of regulars, Eric Paquette and Jeffrey D. Wynn. Hello. And, hi. I am anything but regular. <laughs> also joining us is Kyla Chenier, who appeared on our review of Murder in Baldur's Gate. Good day. In February, we're going to be finishing the adversary, and we should also be talking to the author at that time, Aaron M. Evans. But this month, we're going to talk about the first half. And if you would like to be one of our guests on that or any other book club discussion, please don't hesitate to contact us. You can send an email to thetomeshow at gmail.com or a voicemail message by calling our biz line 919-B-I-Z-T-O-M-E. All right. But before we get into the discussion, it is worth reminding you that this episode of The Tome Show was made possible with support from Noble Knight Games. Our pick for this episode that you might want to check out is the Planescape campaign setting. This is the setting that invented the tiefling and gave us so much of what the planes, uh, planes of D&D is today. Without this product, the novel we read for today would not have been possible. It's been out of print since 1994, but Noble Knight has it for $65. Check it out and tell them that the Tome Show sent you. Hello. Hello, citizens. Oh, thank goodness. Adventurers, we need a noble knight. Perhaps you can slay the beast of retail and reap the promises of riches. Riches? Yes. Great prices out of print games, the latest releases, and a magic box that converts all of your old loot into cash or new loot. But why? Fantastic. I'll do it. Yes. Well... You see, the beast he kidnapped the mayor and can only be slain by the most noble of knights. Yes, yes, yes. I said I'll do it. Yes, the thing is, I was talking to her. What? Fear not, kind citizen. The noble knight will save the day, rescue the lord in distress, and liberate all that loot in a way only possible at Noble Knight. If you'd like to get your hands on Noble Knight's loot, head over to thetomeshow.com and click on the link in the show notes for this episode. And don't forget to tell them that the Tome Show sent you. Ha! I got to do something to help out. All right, so it's time to get into the book. All right. The Adversary. Go. It, I know about you guys, but I was a big fan. Yeah. It, it's fun. The characters are cool. Uh, my own... It seems... I'm still trying to figure out why they had to advance the time jump seven years, but that seems to be a standard for all the uh, the time jumping or time manipulation seems to be a standard in Sundren right now. At least there was no like pregnancy so far, though. No, right. Well, I have and, and, so many feelings about this book, Jeff, but I don't want to talk about them. It's just <laughs> it's just too soon. I'm so. I'm so confused. <laughs> Are you feeling a lot of teen angst? Yes. <laughs> no, I mean room? no. <laughs> Are you confused because everybody's older than you now? <laughs> um, <laughs> that certainly doesn't feel that way. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, no, I think that the time jumps in the Sundering book so far have happened for – some of them have happened for dis- different reasons, right? Mm. Um, I think in the Companions, the, the Drists are a Salvatore book. Um, I don't – there wasn't a time jump 
except for those characters. Like the the previous yeah. Driss books w- went through the timeline and and and, and there yeah. wasn't any jump. And then they did a time jump for the companions just to show us how those characters got caught up. You know. Yeah. Um, the last book. Um, which I haven't. Hey, Godborn, Godborn had to do a time jump because he hadn't written a book since third edition. Yeah. So he had a hundred years of time to fi- <laughs> to, to, yeah. to sort out. Uh, and then this one had to make a time jump in order to fit into the timeline with the other two books. I think. Yeah. It's also kind of nice. As much as I love the Brimstone Angels as teenagers, we were severely lacking in adult women. And while they're not quite adult, because I don't think they actually did anything during those years, they were, uh, they were in stasis. Right. Yeah. So they're, but they're at least twenty-seven now. <laughs> Yeah, around twenty seven. Or not quite twenty seven. Something uh, close to that. But, but I'm more I'm it seemed to me that while they were in stasis they didn't age. Yeah. So I think I th- I think they're still seventeen or what, or twenty one or whatever they were in the last book. Well the every, well everybody least. else has gotten older. Well that's what mm-hmm. I couldn't tell because their physical appearance definitely had changed, but their minds hadn't. Right. Yeah. So so I I don't I don't I don't think this counts as them being Adult women, because because I had made the same comment last time we read one of these books, right? Is that I right. was I was looking forward to the time jump because I wanted to see these characters become a little more mature and kind of get over the teen angsty thing. And yeah. Then, and then I even commented to Erin Evans, the author, on her Facebook page um, the other day about how how she she tricked me, right? I was looking forward to them being grown up, and she stasis them instead, and, and there was no growing up. Well, although I think they'll quickly grow up once, maybe hopefully after they figure out whatever is going on in this book. Yeah. So Everything's there set up for them then. to be adults now. Like they may have to do a lot of emotional maturing pretty right. quickly and mm-hmm. stop getting mad at each other and not talking to each other. Yes. Although there's not much hope that anybody's going to grow up and start doing that because Bryn is how old and <laughs> he still doesn't talk to anybody. No. I, I sort of got the impression though that Bryn had just sort of grown up and become sort of the, the strong silent type. Not that he's like angsty and mad at people. No, yeah, but the thing is, is, my issue is just like so much of the book could be resolved much quicker if to they my, just like, talk to each other. If they yeah. would just you know talk to each other, sure. Brent could be like, "Hey, I never married because I'm still in love with you." <laughs> well, Brent does mention a few times about uh, we need to talk when whenever you're available and Freddie and all that, but yeah. then have says, no, 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 not now, not now. Yeah. And so. I, give, I give Bryn some credit. And I feel like in his handling of Mahan and, and all that kind of stuff, I feel like yeah. he, he has matured, you know, cause I don't, oh, yeah. think, I don't think old Bryn would have handled that well. Oh no, no, no. I definitely think he matured. I just meant the whole, like, cause even well, Mahan doesn't really talk. Well, like, yeah, and it, but I can see where it's awkward, right? I mean, you've been you, you've been pining for this woman for for seven years while she's been gone, missing, presumably dead, you know. Um, yeah. And you haven't moved on, and it suddenly feels a little weird because you know you never moved on, and probably should have, and 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 now she's back, but she's still a teenager, and you're really, really not anymore, you know. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, yeah, it becomes really awkward. So I can see where that's weird. So sorry, uh, I mean, pardon me for uh, being kind of ignorant about this. Uh, this was actually the first book that I had read from Aaron and Evans. I'm mm-hmm. not super up on a lot of the Forgotten Realms books and everything. Um, and in my early here, I'll post it in the chat, um, my earlier review and everything that came out when the first when the book first came out in December. Um, yeah, like, were these characters, especially Brynn, especially and everything, were they a lot more sort of immature in the previous books? Or Yeah, the previous books were really... Like the the teen angstiness that you kind of get out of the two main characters in this book, um, almost all the characters were that way in the previous books. Yeah, even the adults, and they're still a little <laughs> bit that way. Right. I mean, even even Meehan and Dahl and Tam have have the not talking thing going on, and mm-hmm. yeah, Meehan is a bit set in his ways. Although well, we, Dull, didn't, we Dull, didn't even really see Dahl's a Mahan drunk now, which is, which I guess is the is the adult version of teen <laughs> teen angst or something. I don't I don't. It, it's it's a hallmark of of uh, Ms. Evans' characters, I guess. Also, I, I mean, like a lot of these books, they're written for young adults and everything, right? So, I mean, like there's a certain amount of of sort of care or sort of like reader surrogateness with them, in anyway. Yeah. Although, like, this is certainly not a book that I can recommend to my students in middle school. You know. Due to, due to language and and content in some cases. Is there really a lot of language? Like I found like – and it was one thing I noted in my review and everything. Like 
a lot of the language is, I mean, there's a lot, again, it's Forgotten Realms, there's a mm-hmm. lot of invented language and everything yes. that sort of falls in place of, uh, I guess, normal profanity. Yes. Um, which is, you know, super charming at first, and then by, you know, like, the end of the book, it's like, oh, God, I, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, there, again, there's a line in my review, I'm not sure how, like, how much you guys can actually swear on the show and everything, but... I typically, I typically they, avoid it, but... Mm-hmm. They can bleep it out. No, because it's like by the end of the book, and I know I did my review and everything. Is like I was just absolutely well, I say, dying. I say don't, for... don't don't spoil us. We're only up to chapter twelve. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, um, no, I mean like the, the language doesn't change, you know, a whole right, heck right. of amount. But oh. Either way, so you I wish but, I could remember but, the the swears because it would be funny to bring it in now, but alas, remember the swears. Well, so the the Realmsian ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember any of that. Stlarning, Stlarning and Frast. Uh, harassed is one, yeah. Uh, it's, it's one of the things with K. Yeah, so that's uh, that's, that's not Car-Soge. a Rogian one. Carsoge. Carsoge, yeah. yeah. That's, that's one that sh- that Evans actually invented as draconic. That's not yeah. specifically Rogian. Well, it's definitely better. So, I mean, the other the other ones were ones that Ed Greenwood invented, which is actually one of the things that, as, as a Realms fan, right. I, I appreciate. I felt like... Aaron Evans in this book better integrated the world than just about anything else I'd, I've read. That, that's a title I used to give to um, one of the Shadowbane books by by uh, Eric Scott DeBee. Hmm. And I think this book, because it not only incorporates the world and the language, which I know can drive some people crazy, but if it wasn't there at all, it wouldn't feel as realmsish to me, you know? Well, and I feel like she tends to bring in it feels like she brings in more of the factions than in other books. Mm-hmm. And I get to start to really see the differences. Like they seem pretty stark to me, like yeah. the Harpers versus they, mm-hmm. uh, and stuff like that. And, and you have the, the, the Thans and the Netheries, which are two very right. distinct groups of evil wizards, right? Right. Mm-hmm. But they don't like each other either. Right. Right. Well, cause they, see, both- I found that, I found that really interesting because I, I know very little about the forgotten realms. Mm-hmm. And I actually appreciated this book a fair amount for having a story that didn't feel like – I mean there was a ton of – like I had to have the like the FR wiki open almost throughout the entire book just so I could know like what's a Wizard of Fae? Who are the Netheril? Mm. What's it like Dragonborn and Tieflings? Like I get that. I played fourth edition and like Tieflings are far and away my favorite race and everything. Mm. Um, but I actually appreciated this was like – at least at its core, it was a story that I could really sort of get into that I didn't need a lot of that sort of background of having read like series upon series of books or played the games from like the 1980s and mm-hmm. stuff. That was something I really appreciated. Right on. I thought I thought she not only did a nice job of integrating the realms, but I also thought she did a nice job of integrating the Sundering. You know, mm. um, yeah. the Companions happened and doesn't really reference any other Sundering books. And then the Godborn happened and doesn't really reference the Companions. But this book seemed to reference both of them, and I know from my interview with um, 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 Byers, first name Richard Lee Byers. Thank, thank you for not helping me. Uh, <laughs> I was about to, and then you got it. I, I, so I didn't I, know what you were referencing. I, so. and I interviewed Richard Lee Byers, who wrote the next Sundering book, and The Reaver. He, yeah. Yes, The Reaver, and he told me that um, one of the characters from The Reaver was actually introduced by Aaron in this book. So it's, oh, cool. it, it feels like they did a lot of work to really integrate it. At least by the time that you get this, to this book, book three, it feels like she's done a lot of work to integrate it not only into the realms as a whole, but she's wo- woven it into the Sundering as a whole as well in a way that, that really feels awesome. You know, they, they, they reference um, over and over again. The Netherese are talking about this, that, and whatever, and they're, and they're yeah. you know, people trying to figure out, what well, what happened down there when, the, when Sackers fell? Well, that happened in the Godborn, right? And so um, they're, yeah. they're, she's very much – embracing the shared setting in a way that a lot of Forgotten Realms mm-hmm. authors don't. Yeah. It, it's, in a way, it's about time, considering it's the, the third book of the six-book series, mm-hmm. so we're basically around halfway point. And yes, I was feeling then, I was also though, wasn't too sure if the story that she had initially, she seemed to train to be... So she had this story, then she was told to add, put it in the sundering, so she seemed to this point it seems that she's trying to put it in in the sun range so mm. and oh. there's some of that maybe going on 
Yeah. Oh, shoot. Sorry. I told you. Sorry. I'm, I'm also about halfway through the Reaver at this point now. And I just, it's stupid of me because it's been ages since I first read this book and everything. But yeah, one of the characters in the reader is like a character towards the end of this book. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I didn't pick up on that. That's awesome. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, honestly, at this point, the the, fir- the first two Sundering books anyway don't feel like they're telling a, a, a story together, you know? <laughs> like I still feel like I'm I'm three books into the Sundering and I don't really know what the, what's happening. Like I I understand the events on the ground, but we still don't actually know what the Sundering is. Yeah. Currently, I'm just expecting, especially with the city that Dal is in, that they are currently building the Legion of Superheroes. I mean, Legion yes. of the Chosen. Yeah, <laughs> it definitely feels like superheroes to me when it's like suddenly they're getting all these powers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like X Men, little little yeah. bit of that vibe. Yeah, but we but we don't, still don't know like what do they plan? And, and they've been we we've, we've had information about the Netheries collecting uh, chosen since the Salvatore book before the Companions, before the Sundering even started. He started to hint at that stuff happening that the Netheries were doing that. Yeah, and there um, is some hit in the Companions, more hints in the Godborn. But yes. yeah, now this is more right in the hints. We're actually. Right now, we're, first half, we're actually seeing... We're dealing with it, yeah. Which is, which is what is cool. It is. But I, I want to know what they plan on doing with it. Like we, yeah. I still don't feel like I understand even what the, what the larger story of the Sundering is, you know? Well, Jeff, haven't, haven't we heard from wizards that, that the, the gods of the Forgotten Realms don't even know at this point what the Sundering is? Like they're just, they, they just know that something's coming, and they're, they're hedging their bets in whatever way seems best to them. I, I, I feel that was in some interview that you did somewhere. Oh, I think that's I think that's about right. And and um and and I feel like I'm halfway through the Sundering series now. Well I'm almost halfway through the Sundering series. I feel like we should have an idea of what it is. I okay, I mean not to get into crazy amounts of spoilers and everything, but like I'm a little over halfway through the fourth book of the series right now. Mm-hmm. And I mean you're getting uh, how many books are there supposed to be in this? Six. Seven? Six. 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 Okay. So you get six authors with six, you know, different sets of characters that they're probably bringing in from like various other novel series that they've written for like the the realms, and they're trying to integrate it in this huge wide story. I don't. I mean, uh, sorry to disappoint. I don't think there's really going to be a lot of overarching story. Like this is like there's going to be a big. A moment that sort of kicks in. It's like, oh, this is what they were building up to. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. I, so, I well, I honestly, of, I don't care. Yeah, I sort of got the impression from um, Richard Lee Byers in the interview I did with him that it's mm-hmm. not necessarily going to happen there either. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and they initially basically explained it sort of like uh, imagine a series of of stories happening during World War II. Right? They're not telling the story of World War II. But they're telling stories that happened during that event, and that's mm-hmm. fine, and I and I get yeah. that. But that's because everybody knows what World War II is. Like you don't need mm-hmm. to tell the story of World War II. We all get that. We, nobody knows the story of the Sundering, and and I, I suspect that we're not going to get it until the last book. I think Ed Greenwood's going to be the one to tell that story, yeah. uh, because he's dealing with Elminster, and Elminster deals with the gods, and he's really the only character that does. In, in, on the, in that on the last page, Mr. Will appeared to Elminster in a puff of smoke or puff of blue fire and say, this is, this is, what, it, this is what happened. Yeah. It, was all a, it was all a dream. <laughs> yeah. But that's another perspective we can see. Uh, during the time of World War II, when people, when the stuff was, was happening, no one, I don't think many people knew what was the overall thing that was happening. Stuff was happening in there. And so we're sort of getting that perspective. And probably, at the, as you said, at the end, when it's all done, we might start getting an overall picture of what was going, but I'm not too sure. Mm. So well, this I, could be what it is. I don't know. As a Realms fan, and as somebody who who plays games in the realms, like we better have an idea by the end, right? Because I got to play in this world. I got to know what happened. Yes. <laughs> so, I do you? I think what it's going to happen is that I think the Sundering is basically a way for it's sort of like a story and mechanical way for them to sort of wipe a bunch of the slate clean. So when the new edition of D anD D comes out, which is supposedly uh, completely just set in the Forgotten Realms. Like, that's the base setting. Mm-hmm. They can say, hey, here's a realms. It's, you know, just like you remember, except the gods are less involved, so you can make your own stories and 
so on yeah, and so forth. On a meta level, I get what, what the Sundering is. And I've talked <laughs> to enough people at Watsi to, to sort of um, get that impression. I've heard enough interviews and read enough articles. So, uh, uh, But I just – I'm ready for that story to start actually appearing and not just mm. – because right now, basically, the only effect of the Sundering that we're seeing is there's a lot of Chosen. Yeah. It's, it's more, I think uh, – uh, immersive this way you're 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 experiencing the un- uncertainty along alongside the characters i think i think when we eventually find out what happened it's just not going to be that exciting oh it was a cosmic event it was this uh you know magical gemstone that got crushed and now the worlds are coming apart again and it's 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 not, it's just not going to be that exciting once it's explained. It's because we've 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 been down this road what it, you know twice before. Every every time there's a new edition, there's there's some mm-hmm. uh, event, and it's 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 all because of this thing. And you know, and and that that's not as much fun as being a part of it while 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 it's happening. No, and I'm and I'm thoroughly enjoying the books for what they are, and and this is. Uh, this book specifically has not only been the most uh, immersive in the world and immersive in the larger storyline, um, but it's also been, I think, easily my favorite book of the three that we've read so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry. If I can just say, like, okay, to all the listeners who are listening to this, um, the, the Adversary, it came out on December 3rd. Uh, if you like D&D books, or even if you're just, you like, you know, normal fantasy books, go out and buy this book. It's good. In fact, it's not just good, it exceeds expectations in what you want out of a Forgotten Realms book. Like, I'm not a huge into the realms, and this book made me want to go back into it and sort of dig down and be like, oh, what's this about? Because the characters are, they're a lot of fun. I mean, they're not, like, super perfect and everything, but they are, like, um... But that, that's, I think that's a, that's a, a bonus, oh, is the fact that characters are not perfect. They do have... Troubles and issues and all that that you see, and you have Faraday again making deals with devils and causing all a bunch of trouble happening. Mm-hmm. And, so. and that's one of the things actually that I like about the book. Like this book brings in a ton of what I like in my fantasy stories and and what I've enjoyed in the past in realm stories specifically. Like I like in my games, for example, I like dealing with devils. Well, this book has that, right? Um, I like dealing with um, the the big evil empire of wizards. This book has that twice. I like dealing with the gods and the chosen. This book has that. Like, this book has everything that I really like sort of all crammed together. I'm pretty sure Aaron wrote it just for me. (laughs) No, it's for me. Tracy, what did you think? Oh, I love this book. And uh, talking about the characters, one of the things I really loved, uh, although it's not... Uh, necessarily enjoyable was doll because uh so part of it is he's dealing with a failure uh of something but there's definitely an element of depression and and or anxiety in his character Mm -hmm. that that takes it beyond just a failure to a him feeling worthless and and i felt it was a pretty good it could help people who maybe haven't dealt with depression before see the difference between somebody who just, you know, is feeling bad because they messed up versus someone who messed up and is suffering from depression and therefore thinks that nobody wants to be their friend mm. or. Wait, uh, Doll is uh, Doll's the paladin of Agma? Yes. Who is he again? Yes. 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 Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Him. Yeah. The, he's, the he's, assistant spy master and all that. Yeah. yeah, his character has a kind of a cool arc. I like his character. Well, and his character was one of the ones in the previous book that I said, "Wow, I, I I'm really interested in this character." Like oh, him cool. in this in that book didn't super impress me, but he definitely piqued my interest uh, as much, if not more, than than many of the other characters did. Uh, and so I was happy to see him, you know, take take front stage, you know, several times in this book, at least in the first half so far. Um, and, and and it's interesting that you make the connection to depression with him, Tracy, because like his failure. And and the way his failure is affecting him um, isn't always – I want to be careful because I don't want to insult people, but doesn't always feel the most rational. Correct. You know, he failed. That's right. fine. People fail all the time and they don't have to sink as low as he has. Right. You know? And that's exactly what I mean. It's like you can see like you know he shouldn't have sunk that low over what happened and yet he – he's having these thoughts like, and, and it goes to the core of him that he doesn't feel 
worthy of anything. So why should anybody bother? And like, they, so therefore they must just be doing this uh, either to make fun of me or mm-hmm. to set me up or because they pity me. Like it's never because he actually deserves it. Right. I mean, even, I, even when he's, he's um, taken away to the, to the, uh, was it the the Serge and and the evil Netherese wizard? The compound there where they have all the chosen. Mm-hmm. He 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 runs off there and he manages to send a message off to Tam and and the the Harpers and let them know what's going on. And, and Tam's response is okay. We're sending in uh, a rescue mission or whatever uh, as soon as you find out where you are. And he's like insulted by that. It's like. Right. No, that seems very reasonable. Like you are in an impossible situation. <laughs> you are surrounded by by a massive compound, right. uh, an army of sh- Shatterkai and evil wizards. <laughs> like right. it is very reasonable for them to try to and, and something huge is going on there with all the chosen collected. Right, this is very reasonable for the Harpers to want to get more involved and send more than just one agent. Yeah. Right. And the thing is, like, uh, I know, Jeff, you and I have talked about it, but I don't, I mean, I've been suffering from depression for over a year now, and those are the sorts of things I face. Like, it doesn't make any sense, and yet I am afraid sometimes to write, because I'm nobody's going to read it, and everybody's going to make fun of me, and, and all that stuff. So, like, I and I mm-hmm. talked to Erin about it, and part of her, like, she, like, that is part of the character that's meant to be there. Yeah, absolutely. That's cool. Yeah. I'm glad. Yeah. That, I'm glad that you picked up on that because that helps me understand his uh, reaction to that failure. Yeah. Cool. And then on the more brighter side, I guess I really enjoyed uh, Hevelar <laughs> deciding, like, "Hey, we're going to split up our rooms now because I got a boy." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm an adult now. <laughs> and you know, our father's not here, and I really want to do this. Yeah, that was a it, – it's also it's one of those weird sort of um, I teach young people sort of thing. Right. And so that's awkward for me. <laughs> no, totally. <laughs> yeah, I definitely believe them as sisters, which is always good. Yeah. Can we, can we talk about Lorcan and Siarche? Yes. Because they are my faves. Just, just don't spoil us because we don't know what ha- – last we know, Siarche is, uh, is imprisoned. No, I'm sorry. Uh, Lorcan – no – no, so she's in prison back to where she kept. Yeah, she's in the, the twins. In the oh stasis. man! And oh, Lorcan's so working, mm-hmm. working for Magros. Yeah, working with Magros. Yeah. I sort of sus- the way that I read uh, the deal that Faraday did with Cersei about the fact that uh, Cersei was not supposed to have any devils cause any trouble. Them, but 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 just by the nature of them, time jumping seven years caused someone in trouble. So the way that deal is sort of broken, I feel. Was it? No, tr- that's how devils work. They're always like, hey, yeah, I know they're always there. But I mean, if if the if they if any characters sees that, it could, it could be a loophole to get out of the deal. I don't, I, I don't get. To, I don't think they're too busy with other stuff to be possibly really look into it that way. The other thing I'm kind of wondering, and don't spoil me, spoil it if it's later on. Uh, so, Sergei had said she's trying to set it up so that she falls, but it's not her fault. She fails, but it's not her fault. Mm-hmm. So, I kind of wonder if she was meant to go. Like, she had planned that she would be in that stasis. That she would be sent yeah. off. Yeah. That she's trying to provoke Lorcan so that way he, in the end, becomes... I don't, I don't think so. Her, her internal monologue, just before she was being... Trapped was was that she wanted to get out of it, right? I don't. I, I don't, just, I don't think that thought. was intentional. Although although she certainly put Lorcan in way over his head, like he's all, he's in the previous several books now he's struggled to keep his warlocks in line. Now he's got to run these massive schemes that Cersei was involved in, like and, and, right. and he doesn't want to be part of the hierarchy. Like, like that's that's his that's his mantra: stay stay yeah. away from the hierarchy. And now mm-hmm. now he's he's thrust into everything he doesn't want to be thrust into. Like he it's it's gonna fail, and it's gonna be all his fault and not hers. So it's gonna work out. You know, it seems like it's gonna work out just the way she wanted it to. Mm-hmm. Right. Except except that she's stuck in stasis for who knows how long. Yeah. Yeah. I- I super dig the dynamic between um, Lorcan, the uh, the devil, and sort of like the relationship between him and his sister, but also Lorcan's relationship with, uh, like, because Farida, like her patron is Lorcan and everything. Um, I love the dynamic between the two of them. Do you like my sister? 
it's it's the thing that that Lorcan keeps going back to back to someone someone asks him do you do you like my sister and he just he just keeps like re re avoiding yeah avoiding Avoid. answering that that question for himself but mm-hmm. and Swin, yeah if he likes if if he likes Faraday because <laughs> he is only half devil mm-hmm. so you know yeah. in ten books they're 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 gonna be smooching. I don't know. I, I, I mean, if it, was, it, if it takes that that long, it was very clear that that's sort of the way it was going for a while. Um, I'm not saying anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it feels to me a little bit like every now and then, uh, Farida has sort of wised up to Lorcan and not fallen for the bad boy routine as much. Um, and it's feel I felt like that was stronger in this book than than any of the previous ones. Yeah, but he's he's falling for for her. Well, I love that there's a back and forth between the two of them and everything. Like, Lorcan is this obvious sort of like uh, rough and double sort of bad boy and everything that you just you want to fall head over heels for because he is like everything you want and nothing of what you need. But right. but I love that uh, the dynamic between the two of them is that there is a lot of give and take. Like Faraday is calling him on his. Uh, like yeah. on his the things that he's saying and everything it's like well no okay no i see what you're trying to do there and i'm not going to fall for it but and i like that there is because i expected that i mean going into the book and everything i expected that it would be very sort of cut and dried and very simplistic um but i like that there was an actual sort of relationship there mm-hmm. that it wasn't just sort of like i am your devilish protector but i will try and trick you into things um i like the i liked it a lot has has anyone been listening to the to the audiobook? Yeah, I am. Can can I just say I, I, I like the woman who's who's reading it and I and I like the voices that, that she does. I really do as well. I think she's the she's this reader is probably the, the best of the realms books that I've heard. Um I feel like this is the best Aaron Evans book that I've read. I think this is the best Sundering book that I've read. Like I've been very happy with this. And I think I've only caught maybe one pronunciation or pronunciation I wasn't fond of and usually it's there's some glaring ones and there was one I think there was one thing and I can't remember what it was right now but it's it's just local water Davian accent do you guys <laughs> yeah <laughs> sorry do you guys any of you recall the uh the name of the actress who performs the book uh I can look it up uh it's, it's, I don't want to get on that it's it's something Jewish sounding Dina Dina something or other because because I was I was just just listening to it to refresh myself, but I I I love the voice that she does for Lorcan. For for some reason, I have a thing for when women do male voices, like in in anime and stuff. So, mm. Dina um, Dina Perlman is her name. Yeah, I've probably said too much at this point. Um, <laughs> um, one thing I liked too, because there's a lot of different perspectives and. You actually sometimes I feel like compared to some other books I've read, she does a really good job of uh, bringing the differences in those perspectives out. And one of the things I think is funny is that Lorcan, we all call him the bad boy and everything, and he is. But in the world, a lot of times Farida comes across to everyone else as the bad girl. I, I don't know if she's the bad girl or if she's just the one who consistently makes bad choices. No, because Dahl thought she was uh, oh, a spy. A spy and like no, not much better than a devil. When she she's waiting outside at uh, oh, what's her name? Teremity is it? Temerity. Temerity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, she's getting like these looks, like you must be <laughs> evil. But we know her as like the, bu- maybe, the bumbling idiot. <laughs> she's maybe. she's basically Twilight Sparkle. Yeah. She's like, in the end, she's trying to do the right thing, but she doesn't always know how to do it, and she makes some bad choices. She and almost has never to learn knows how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> that friendship is magic, and that it, you can rely on your friends, and we'll, it'll all be better. <laughs> I just I just imagine Frida having Twilight Sparkle's hair now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, the bronies will be happy then. I'm sorry, you guys completely lost me. I just zoned out for the past. You know, like it's probably for the best. Ago. Kyle, I, 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 I'm on like my third cocktail, so. Oh. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a good book. <laughs> um, so, I guess two of you have finished. Eric, have you finished the book? I have not finished it. Okay, so three of us have, have the ability to um, answer the question of what do we think is going to happen next? 
Where where do we think the book is going? Now, I think other Jeff and Kyle, you've both finished it, right? I will answer with not true answers. Oh, well, that's the throat. And that'll still tell us what's not ha- going to happen now. I, I probably <laughs> listened to well past the halfway point before I realized that these podcasts, we, we only do half a book at a time. So oh. I, I had to stop myself. Um, and that was like a month ago. So you haven't finished. but you're, And in but between, you I've that. listened to like 12 other books. <laughs> okay. So if I knew what happened uh, after chapter 12, I've forgotten Probably it. forgotten it. So uh, Doll is every- still in the in the prison camp with with what Uta, yeah Uta and Tamara. Yeah, the last last thing thing I I, I listened to Doll had just drank the potion and had 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 basically had the thing from the Sandman the, the vision uh, endless, quest. endless waking. Yeah, and um, right. So what do we think is going to happen? That was that was the question. That's where we're Sorry. going. Yeah, right. Um. I think that the Harpers are going to arrive and uh, um, Rand what's, what's the dude's name? Adolican Rand. Adolican Rand, yeah. I think I think uh, the the Harpers are going to arrive like the like the cavalry, like uh, you know, and and Adolican Rand is uh, going to get his just rewards, or maybe he'll make an escape. Is it Adolican Rand though? That's the the Netherese wizard, right? He's he's the is he really? Well, that's what it says. What are you implying? That are, you, he's not, are you just messing no, with this now? No, I'm not saying anything. <laughs> okay. Um, so he's going to get his comeuppance and or Someone who's not rambling, please respond to this question. <laughs> Earth moods fall, everyone dies. <laughs> so, it, are we going to see a resolution to these chosen? No. Uh, I I sort of think that uh, potentially the Harper's reinforcements will arrive, but the Legion of Chosen will basically be controlled and be fighting off versus the Harper's causing some issues, leaving our main heroes trying to deal with it. I'm sort of suspecting that that uh, found in the memories might be used to change stuff. I'm not too sure. I don't. I don't think uh, Rand is in control of of of, of the chosen. I don't, I don't. I don't think he could convince them to fight the Harpers. He'd 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 have to use very powerful mind control yeah. to, to to get very that to happen. Powerful mind control. All right. Dahl organizes <laughs> the people in the village in an uprising that, along with the Harpers, maybe uh, overtakes something. But he still yeah. doesn't believe in himself. When yeah, it's but all... that's the thing. He, he, Wait, at the end, you're saying that? Yeah. I don't, I, don't, I don't think any of the characters' personal issues are going to be resolved. I think, I think like, the, the, the plot of the, of the moment is, is going to be resolved. But I think at, at, at the end of it, everyone's still going to be very unhappy and confused. I think the only thing they're going to accomplish is getting Farida out of there. I don't, I, I don't think they're going to capture or stop Andolkin Rand. I don't think they're going to free uh, most of the Chosen anyway. They might free some, but most of them, I think, are going to yeah. still be in custody. Um, I think they're gonna, not going to accomplish much in terms of the larger issues um, yeah. other than getting their own people safe. Yeah. Well, that's very pessimistic, have- Jeff. What question I have is, is, is Adolkin Rand the common enemy that Serge was saying that Frida has to deal with. Oh yeah, that's, that's you a mean good the adversary? <laughs> yeah, yeah, adversary. Yeah, that's a good ish- good question because uh, Sarah did promise Farida that there would be a, a common enemy that your task would involve helping her deal with a common enemy that they both had. And Andolican Rand, as, as he's set up right now, um, is not a common enemy, but is a a tool of Sarah's. Well, who who are Cersei's enemies? I think I think Asmodeus is is one. So is Glass- so is Glazia. Yeah. Well, mostly, I mean, they're enemies, and bo- I mean, they're enemies in the same way that boss you don't like is your enemy, right? Yeah, but <laughs> when when you're that's a like devil, the, all other devils are, are your, your enemy. Sure, enemies. yeah, exactly. That's like, the, that's like the perfect metaphor for the way that like the Forgotten Realms sort of nine hells works. Is yeah. it is it is like office space. It yeah. is like just a terrible 
sort of stacked like office bureaucracy. Well, when I was reading this, I this particular book, I was getting the feeling of like MI5 and Bond a little mm-hmm. bit with, with some yeah. of this. Did, did anybody, does anybody else get kind of a concentration camp vibe from the village? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's, that's oh, totally yeah. there. But I hope the little boy, I think it's a little boy, with the flowers, oh. that, that kid has to live. Uh, am I, or I am swear I it off. All right, check it. So here's what's going to happen. This is my predictions. All right. So, <laughs> Having already read this uh, book and half of the next one. <laughs> bunch of characters that you like, they're not going to make it out. Okay, uh, this is not sorry, a George that's... Martin book. Okay, no. so. <laughs> no, because you think that, honestly, like there, there are some surprises later on. Um, also. It's uh, a terrible book. So things going along, uh, Mihen, uh, dragonborn father of uh, these two characters and everything, uh, he's going to be huge in the ending and everything because basically it's curmudgeon old disgraced dragonborn coming out of retirement, saving his daughters, kicking ass, taking names. Uh, and then at the very end, there is a twist. The it thing looks- that you did not expect to happen, that you didn't even expect in this book or the next. A twist with a lemon? Or a twist with a knife? Uh, A little bit of column A, a little bit of column A. It's good to hear that Meehan is going to take a a major role because Meehan hasn't had a major role in, like, what, three books? And he's going to be huge, which means he has a three-inch by three-inch base. I think he takes a a potion and becomes large. That's 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 smaller than huge. So, so, so humongous. So Kyle said huge, yeah. Gargantuan. So, Gargantuan. So, do Godzilla of the Forgotten Realms. I, I seriously shouldn't or, say anymore. That's 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 actually getting into some some stuff. Or is no, it? but we can have fun speculating. <laughs> I have embraced DD Next. I don't need these mini sizes that you're talking about. <laughs> the Indie Next isn't compatible with minis. It's compatible. Don't force me to change my style of play just because you don't like it. <laughs> well, it's funny. I'm using D and D next with. Uh, I actually have a, a home group that's pretty steady now, and um, a lot of them are coming from four, and they love. They like D and D next a lot, but they miss minis. So I've sort of reincorporated that, mm. and yeah, it's working great. I think. I think um, most of my group has not missed minis, except for one guy who complains constantly that there's no maps for the encounters. Oh, we should have maps. Oh, what's so, over here? I can't see it because there's no. So, maps. so I drew all the maps for the entire last session. And then he got sick and didn't come. <laughs> uh, isn't that, that's always the way yeah. things happen. I'm sorry. That sucks. It's because he doesn't believe in you. He thinks you're weak. That's right. Anyway, that, but none of that has to do with Aaron Evans, the adversary. Yeah. Oh, um, sorry. Before I forget, because um, um, uh, the review that I posted of uh, the book and everything, it got picked up by uh, the D&D Facebook page. Mm. which got me a bunch more followers on Tumblr, which was awesome. But um, Erin M. Evans, she actually just started a Tumblr as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, she added me and everything. And just the other day, she posted the cover artwork for her next, her next Brimstone book. Angels book. Which is like it, half her name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, it looks so good. Yeah. That was my first – the first thing I noticed is that half of the book – like her name is huge and prominent and the title is teeny tiny and D&D in Forgotten Realms is barely even there unless you, unless you squint real hard. Well, this is – I mean I, I feel like I've been really gushing about this book and I mean like it's good. I mean I give it four out of five stars and stuff but I mean it's, it's really good and I think that – I mean, another thing, okay, if anyone from Wizards is, is listening to this, and I certainly hope they are, um, one of the things that sold me on the book earlier on when I was about to pick it up for review uh, was they had an author interview that they posted on their YouTube uh, channel. Uh, yeah. That was essential. Like, without that, I probably wouldn't have gone out of the way to get a review copy of this. So if you can do more of that in the future, it's so good, and it will bring so many more people in. Right on. No, I, I, I thoroughly, um, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I think this is probably, uh, if not my favorite Realms book, it's certainly my favorite one in recent years. Hmm. Um, it does more right than almost any other book I've, I've read in a long time. Yeah, bar has, bar has definitely been raised a fair amount. Yeah. That said, I'm, you know, The Reaver is pretty good so far. Right on. I'm looking forward to it. Well, I guess uh, any other thoughts on the first half of uh, The Adversary? 
Any guesses as to who the adversary is? And not from you, Kyle. Sauron. <laughs> Mian. Mian is the adversary. You're not wrong. <laughs> I don't want to go on fanny for a character for a character from a completely different universe and a different publishing company. That was Jeff's answer. Eric, do you have a guess who the adversary is? I wanna I wanna say maybe Glacia? Glacia? <laughs> It's herself. Farida herself is the adversary. You are your own worst enemy. That seems too trite. See, I asked the, I que- I, I asked the question. I don't know if I have an answer. Yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> so. See, that's the thing. There's, there's a lot of good stuff coming up for you. I, like, I'm, I'm excited for you guys to read the rest of it. Because the person you think is the adversary is still the adversary. But then there's another adversary. But, yeah, well... <laughs> no, the <laughs> title is The Adversary, not The Adversaries. Any other thoughts? Any anything else anybody else wants to talk about? Can I can I briefly mention uh the the um books that I listened to uh in between Was it was this the three John Carter books that you listened to? Uh, no, I oh. was no. Um when I when I stopped at the at the halfway point of of adversary desperately wanting to continue but knowing that that I sh- uh should not I I went back and listened to some uh old school uh realms books hmm. by uh Elaine Cunningham oh, okay. uh and they were the songs and swords series or maybe the swords and songs series uh and if you like well written uh female characters and you like uh romance and you want to learn about classic realms when uh the gentarium were still the go-to bad guys and the harpers were in their prime um they're really good books right on that's all oh and that that actually reminded me of, of a whole other angle that i'm interested in seeing where it goes is that um there was a hint that there are two factions of harpers in the realms right now right there's there's the harpers of the east coast or the the west coast the sword, yeah. the sword coast, the, uh, the with harpers Tam. of the coast, right? And then there's storms harpers running around in the Dale Lands, which yeah. is an interesting distinction because that allows um, it allows Erin Evans to do her story with the harpers that she's been doing over on the Sword Coast and she's been doing for several books now. But it also allows Ed Greenwood to do his thing in the Dale Lands with Storm and Elminster and and all of those harpers there that they're that I, I'm presuming we're going to find out more about when we get to the ne- the yeah. last book. Because um, I believe what Tamara is part of the Dale Lands group, or mentions that, or, or um, she, she well, they, they specifically mention it. Um, the they mention it when they have that sort of meeting in Tam's yeah. office. They, they discuss, oh, oh there's Storms Harpers, and we've decided that this is our official stance on on Storms Harpers. They're fine. We're going to leave them alone, and yeah. and they're going to leave us alone, and everything will be okay. You know, yeah. the, are they the ones that are like the milkmaids and everything else? Um, they all sort I, well, I sort of get the impression that both sets of Harpers sort of work that way, where they have a lot of common folks. But I think they did specifically refer to those Harpers that way, yes. Yeah, because there was an emphasis on them not being world professionals. Enough. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I and I sort of wondered if the um, the woman in the village was isn't from Storm's Harpers all along. Like we're going to find out that you know she's a Harper and she's calling herself a Harper and all that, but she's actually been part of this other faction of Harpers, which is why there was no coordination or any idea of what was going on there. Well, that's the impression I'm going that uh, when she knows, yeah, she's a Harper, but she's not quite the same or mm-hmm. not really linked to Tam's group. So mm-hmm. that's the imp- that's the impression I've gotten. See, at the beginning, I had to look up who the Harpers were. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately, the Harper is not totally not related to our prime minister, which is fortunate. <laughs> no, mm-hmm. the the Harpers is one of the. There was actually a in in second edition ish D anD D period. There was a really long series of books called the Harper series, and there was probably I don't know almost twenty books in the series. And that's and that's what uh, Elaine Cunningham's books started as, and right. She, yeah. And so, and yeah, and so the way it was is it wasn't supposed to be one continuous story. It was just a collection of stories about Harpers, and every one was from a different author and all that kind of stuff. It was their way of letting people tell one book stories or one offs or whatever, or try out new new authors and give them a sh- give them a shot and that kind of thing. Cool. So, so there's a lot of stuff out there on the Harpers if you really wanted to dig into it. 
All right. Any other thoughts that people want to share or, or questions people have or things we want to discuss before we, we wrap it up here? Like specific to this book or? Specific to the first half of this book. Good book. And let, I mean, if you've got other life questions you want me to answer, I, I can do that. <laughs> no, I'm good. Um, okay. Yeah, if, if you're listening and you haven't gotten a chance to read it, like pick it up. It's worth the money. Like this is a really good Realms book. Or the audiobook is really good. Oh, yeah. Okay. I've been extremely pleased with their reading. Um, very pleased with the reading on this book. And also, uh, maybe even write, if you feel up to it, write to Wizards and talk about it. Because I know there was a snafu with the release of this book. Um, so that might help, too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We, we definitely want them to know that, that people are enjoying the book and that Aaron Evans needs to be continuing to write more <laughs> books for them. Mm-hmm. Oh, actually, okay, really, there was one thing I brought up earlier that I want to sort of finish off. Um, uh, just in case, like, people are listening, a huge, huge thank you uh, to Mary Catherine Citarelli uh, as a publicist for Wizards. Uh, she was the one who was able to get me this uh, review copy before it's, uh, like, way back in November. Uh-huh. Um, just amazing, amazing person who has been instrumental in me being able to sort of, like, go out of my way to sort of review these books. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, the Watsi hey, the Watsi PR folks have been have been pretty on top of it um, the last I don't know year or so now. Mm-hmm. So, all right, well that's what we got then. Shall we wrap this up? Sounds good. All right, as we do so, the first thing we want to do is thank our sponsor, Noble Knight Games. Make sure you go check them out and let them know that they, that you got there from us. Use the link on our site and, and leave a note if you buy anything. Uh, that kind of support lets them know how much uh, it means for them to support the show, and then they keep coming back to support the show more. We also want to thank our returning champions, Eric Impaquette and Jeffrey D. Wynn. Woohoo! Yay! Yay! And we want to thank our new book clubber, Kyle Shinye. Make sure you go to Dungeons & Donuts, uh, dungeonsdonuts.tumblr.com. I'm actually going to be posting a uh, review of, like, I do all my reviews as sort of like little comic-y animated gift type stuff. Uh, I got one coming out for The Reaver next week, and later on this month I'm going to be participating in four in February. and going to be playing and beating four video games, and then chronicling sort of how that goes. Awesome. Cool. Uh, And we also want to thank all of you guys who listen and thank you even more if you've been using our affiliate links to D&D Classics and Amazon because all of those things help us keep doing the show. And if you'd like to contact us, you can send us an email at thetomeshow at gmail.com or call our biz line at 919-BIZ-TOME. That's 919-B-I-Z-T-O-M-E. And you can find all this stuff and more and other great Tome Show shows over at thetomeshow.com. That is our thoughts for the first half of The Adversary. Next month, we will finish it by reading the second half and talking to the author. Until then, keep turning the page, Tomites. I'm on the wall.